Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, Pardes alum. This week, Pinchas. This week, Rabbi Dr. Daniel Roth discusses Pinchas. Rabbi Roth is an adjunct member of the Pardes faculty. And now, Rabbi Dr. Daniel Roth. What does it mean to keep the peace in society? Is it about enforcing the law and order of society in order to ensure against anarchy? Or is it about balancing and making peace between conflicting perspectives and needs of the various members and groups of that society? As someone that works today in mediation and police training in the context of cultural competency, this question comes up all the time. And this question comes up for me as well in the context of our Parsha, Parsha Pinchas, when we explore how Pinchas merited to become a Kohen, to become a priest. We read in the Parsha, at the end of last week's Parsha, how the Midianites came into the camp, the Israelite camp, and how one of the princes of Shimon begins to do idolatry and illicit relations with a Midianite woman and how there's a plague taking place, spreading throughout the children of Israel, threatening the lives of thousands. And there's total anarchy. There's a total breakdown of society. And then the hero, the lone ranger, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aharon, HaKohen steps forward, takes a spear, and his zealous, zealousness for God, he kills, strikes down Zimri and Kazbi, Zimri being the prince of Shimon. And at that moment, he brings back law and order to society. He protects the covenant with God. And he stops the plague spreading through and killing thousands. And then the Torah tells that because of this, because he shivit chamati, because he stopped my wrath, says God, therefore I am giving him briti shalom. I'm giving him a covenant of peace. And because of this, he and his future generations will merit to have the priestliness, the, to be the Kohanim, because he was zealous for God. Now this is very strange, because wasn't Pinchas ben Elazar ben Akohen actually already a Kohen? If his father's a coin and his grandfather's a coin, it's the oldest Jewish joke, so he's also a coin. What does he need to do to become a Kohen? But the commentaries understand that actually Pinchas, turns out, was not a Kohen. Yes, his father and his grandfather were anointed to be Kohanim earlier. But he himself was not a Kohen, and it was not yet clear that it passed on from one generation to another generation. 
But here we have the opinion of Rashi, who explains that why did he therefore merit to become a Kohen? Rashi says it's because of that moment that he strikes down Zimri and he acts in his moment of zealotry, he therefore merits to become a Kohen. And this is based upon the opinion of the Gemara in Zvachim Kuf Aleph Amud Bet, 101, page 2, that says, Lo ko lezimri. Pinchas was not a Kohen until he killed Zimri. And that seems to be the simple reading of the verse within our context. And this is in line with the same reason why the Levites, after the sin of the golden calf, that they merit to become the holy tribe when they strike down the 3,000 people also involved in the idolatry act of worshipping the golden calf. They too were given an upgrade in their social status and in their holiness because they were zealous for the name of God. And similar here, that Pinchas becomes the Kohen because he is zealous for God. But, there's another opinion in the Gemara that the commentaries don't mention in the context of our Parsha. But the opinion is cited right after the opinion of Rabbi Azar in the name of Rabbi Hanina, and that is the opinion of Rabbi Ashi. And Rabbi Ashi says, Pinchas did not become a Kohen, Ad Shesam Shalom Ben Hashvatim, until he made peace between the tribes. And when did Pinchas make peace between the tribes? Many, many years later, when he's an old man, towards the end of Sefer Yoshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 22, where it says, Vaishma Pinchas HaKohen. And Pinchas the Kohen heard. What's this talking about? This is referring to the story of chapter 22 in Joshua, after the children of Israel have conquered the land of Canaan, the two and a half tribes of um, Reuven, Gad, and half the tribe of Menasheh, who wanted to live on the other side of the Jordan River, they made a deal with Moshe Rabbeinu that they would be able to get that land on the other bank, on the eastern bank of the Jordan, on condition that they help fight with the rest of the tribes to first conquer the land of Canaan. So they conquered, they finished, then they go back. And the very first thing these two and a half tribes do when they go back to the eastern bank is they build an altar. Oh my God. This hits the news of the rest of the tribes in the land of Canaan. They said the very first thing they do is build an altar. You're not allowed to build another altar outside of where the tabernacle is. We all know how God's going to get angry when he feels that you're cheating on him with another idol. That you're doing things not the way he wants to be in relationship with B'nai Israel, And they start to get ready for war, to go to battle and wipe out 
the two and a half tribes, just the same way the Levites had killed the people of the golden calf, and that Pinchas, when he was a young man, killed Zimri. And who do they send at the front of this military um, uh, group? They send Pinchas ben Elazar HaKohed. And Pinchas goes and they call out to the people and they say, what are you doing? Don't you know we're all going to get killed if you start doing this idolatrous act? Of building an alternative tabernacle, Mizbech, another um, altar. And then the people of the two and a half tribes say back, they say, you don't understand. That's not what we're doing. We're not doing this to worship with sacrifices and take the place of the primary mishkan of the tabernacle. We're doing this to show that we're connected to you. That we don't want you to forget about us just because we live on the other side of the Jordan River. They're going to say you are not one people. God forbid that we're doing this as a rebellion against God. And then, and then, the Torah tells us, the book of Joshua says, Vayishma Pinchas HaKohen. And Pinchas, the Kohen, hears. It's the first and only time that Pinchas is not referred to as the son of Elazar HaKohen or the grandson of Elazar and the, uh, of Aaron HaKohen. He's now becomes Pinchas HaKohen. And the Gemara, according to Rav Ashi, says, why is he finally called Pinchas HaKohen? Because until now he was just the son of a Kohen, the grandson of a Kohen. He was not himself yet a Kohen. Until he able to make peace between the tribes. And that, within rabbinic understanding of what a Kohen is, like Aaron who was a Rodef Shalom, a pursuer of peace between individuals and between the Shvatim in rabbinic literature. That's the meaning of a Kohen. And Pinchas didn't merit that Kuhuna until he acts like his grandfather, a peacemaker. And the Tosfot explain on this opinion, the Gemara, they say that when he was younger, he might have merited to be a Kohen, but until the people loved him and appreciated him, were not afraid of him, they couldn't let him wear the uniform of the Kohen until he also knew how to make peace between the different tribes. And interestingly enough, the Gemara takes these two extreme opinions that are diametrically opposed one with the other. And they say, you know what? Each one has to deal with the verse of the other. You, Rabbi Eliezer ben Rabbi Hanina, who said that he became a Kohen the moment that he killed Zimri and returned law and order to a moment of anarchy. What do you do with Vaishma Pinchasa Kohen? And the answer, the Gemara answers, meaning that when he was younger, he became a Kohen. But when he started acting as a peacemaker, then he merited to have all of his, all of the future Kohanim Gdolim, the high priests, be of his descendants. And we see that in Divrei Yamim, throughout all of First Temple, his descendants were the high priests.
And the second opinion, that of Rav Ashi, who said that only when he did this act of peacemaking does he become a Kohen. They say, no, 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 but earlier, what do you do with that? They said he had the bracha, he had the potential to become a Kohen. But he didn't happen in actuality, like what I was saying about the Tosfot earlier, until he was able to really be a Kohen and make peace. And here you see two conflicting approaches of what does it mean to wear the uniform of the Kohen. The ones who are charged with protecting God's law. Is it primarily about being a zealot for God, using force in order to stop anarchy, returning law and order? Or is it about the ability to make peace, understand perspectives? Vaishma, hearing the perspective of the other side, that maybe, maybe I just misinterpreted this situation and was about to destroy a whole group of people by mistake. And of course, this question comes up in light of the recent protests after the George Floyd murder by police. And you have a real disagreement over how to understand the role of the police. You have many people chanting and arguing that the police need to go through mass reform. Saying, it can't be that they shoot first and ask questions second. Where is the Vaishma Pinchas? Where is it that they stop and they listen before they just shoot? And therefore they don't deserve to wear the uniform of the Kohen. And you have others who say, no, the role of the Kohen, of the police, like the Kohen, is to step in when there's a moment of anarchy and you have someone like Zimri doing something explicitly illegal in front of the entire kahal, the whole congregation, and, and, and causing the, 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 not just the disturbance of the peace, but actually thousands of people to lose their lives at this moment that Pinchas steps in and he uses violence. And therefore, the primary role of the police is to return law and order by employing violence when needed. Of course, any type of uniform that's trying to keep the peace like the Kohen, like the police of today in society, have to be able to do both. They have to be able to ensure force in order to make sure there is an anarchy and that people of innocent are not killed. At the same time, they also have to be able to do what is called today community peacemaking, community uh, policing, which means, can I engage through dialogue? Can I engage in understanding who are the leaders of the community that I am about to go and address? A few months ago, on the York side of Yitzchak Rabin, I was uh, fortunate enough to have our team from uh, where I work, Mosaica, that engages religious leaders, Muslim religious leaders, 
Jewish religious leaders in the Middle East. And we do cultural uh, competency training for police. We did a presentation for the 300 top Israeli police officers in the country exactly about this, about case studies that we worked of how police knew to work primarily with Israeli Arab Muslim leadership in order to prevent violence and bloodshed. In order to prevent total anarchy. And that is not through just using more force and more force. That's through community engagement. We presented a case study of something that we did in 2014 when Yom Kippur and Eid al-Adha coincided and there was a moment of tremendous, tremendous fear that there would be lots of violence all over Israel, especially in the mixed Jewish Arab cities. But the police officers who had developed relationships with the Muslim leadership, the, therefore were able to engage and prevent that violence. That's what is needed today. More of the transition of from Pinchas, who killed with his amazing marksmanship, Zimri, exactly how he had to do it. Wonderful. That's what you do when you are a young police officer, when you're a young Kohen. You want to become a Kohen Gadol, a really great Kohen. Then you have to know how to make peace between the Shvatim, between the conflicting groups, identity groups within our society. Interestingly enough, that the Saftorah tells about Eliyahu Hanavi, and the rabbis of the Talmud understood that Eliyahu is Pinchas. It's a reincarnation of Pinchas. Eliyahu also was a zealot. He also, we read, killed the false prophets of Baal. And he says, I'm just being a zealot for you, Hashem. But Chazal, the rabbis of the Gemara, transition Eliyahu just like they did with Pinchas from being a zealot that knows how to use the knife, that knows how to use the sword, knows how to use the gun, into knowing how to use the words, the words that are needed to make peace. And the very uh, end of the Mishnah in Eduyot, chapter 8, Mishnah Zion, Mishnah's, uh 7th Mishnah, it says, Eliyahu and Avi one day will not come back to simply end disagreements, but rather, to be able to make peace in the world. This zealot will be able to use his zealotry to one day be able to make peace between avot ubanim, fathers and children, based upon the famous verse in Malachi, meeting between generations, the young and the old, the establishment and the grassroots, and this is the type of image of the prophet of Elijah. This is the image of Pinchas that we need. And this is the image of the police that we desperately need, both in Israel and in the U.S., who knows how to engage and keep the peace by making peace between conflicting groups. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi Roth. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pardes from Jerusalem.